0: You're listening to The Better Together Podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Free Will Baptists. Welcome to The Better Together Podcast, where we look for ways we can work together to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today we have with us Miss Joe Joanne uh, Laramore. You may know her husband. Her husband's name is Tim Laramore. And if you've been a listener to the Better Together podcast, you might remember the state trooper who was shot on one occasion. That is her husband. So today, Miss Joanne is going to share from her perspective what that was like and a little bit about what it's like to be the wife of a pastor today. So Ms. Joanne, thank you for taking the time to join us today.
1: Thank you, Dr. Moody. Um, so it has to go back a long time ago. Um, it, this happened in 1987. Wow. We, we had been in Orangeburg uh, when he came out of the academy. That's where they sent us to. And that was about three and a half hours from both of our hometown. And um, the night it happened, Heather was one week from being three months old. And it was late in the afternoon. It was probably getting close to 11 o'clock. And there was a knock at the door. And when I opened the door, there stood one of the patrolmen that had helped train my husband. His name was uh, Gully. And he had his regular clothes on. And he just stood there and he said, Jawan, where's Heather? And I just kind of froze in the door jam. And I said, Gully, she's in the crib asleep. And uh, he said, I was working in my shop tonight. And I heard the scanner go off that Tim had been shot. And he called and somebody came to him really fast. And, um, as he's talking to me, all I could think about was Heather's never had a bottle. Yeah. She's, she's never had formula. And all I could do was just as he, I see his lips are moving and I hear what he's saying, but I'm thinking, who am I going to give her to? I can't take her to the hospital. I don't know what I'm facing. And I think to myself, well, there were some bottles that we had from one of the showers. And I think the hospital gave us a couple of cans of formula. And I looked at him and I said, Gully, tell me again what you just said. He said, he's been shot twice. He said, and when I heard the call come in, I went jumped in my patrol car and I went to the hospital. And I was there when they took him out of the ambulance. And he told me to come get you. And I looked at him and I said, Gully, you're not lying to me, are you? I said, you really, really talked to him. And he said, yes, Juwan, I talked to him. And uh, I just kind of went into the auto mode and got those bottles and I got those two cans of formula and I put her an extra set of clothes in her diaper bag. And I just went and picked her up But she was still asleep and I held her in my lap. And we drove down the driveway and our Allstate agent, Wayne and Rachel Lorick, they let us stay on their land the whole time we stayed there. They loved on us like we were their own. And we had just gotten back in church and all I knew was Preacher Hannah and Miss Bernice Hannah and Wayne and Rachel and their two daughters and a couple of highway patrolmen. And that's all I knew in all of Orangeburg. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna to have to walk in there and lay my baby on her couch and walk away. So I did, I walked in and I said, "Miss Rachel, I've gotta to go to the hospital. Tim's been shot. I said, there's two bottles in there. They, they're still in the plastic and there's two cans of formula. I said, she's never had a bottle. I said, um, somebody will be in touch with you. And I remember getting in the car And I don't think I was crying. I don't know if Billy said anything to me much, but it was just me and the Lord were kind of talking in my head. And when I got there to the hospital, he was in surgery. And uh, I had made my first phone call to his parents. And I had said, you need to come to Orangeburg to the hospital. Tim's been shot twice. He's in surgery. And I hung up the phone and I was calling my parents and they came out and said, you can go back and see him. And uh, I just remember handing the phone to Gully or I don't know if Preacher Hannah and Miss Bernice had made it there yet. It still was kind of blurry when I think back. And I remember walking into the emergency room where they had done the uh, the operation and it was so stark white and he was still laying on the table and there was blood on the ground on the floor and, kind of down his arms and stuff and had a little bit on his face and he kind of grunted he couldn't talk he said I'm okay and he was like (laughs) just pitiful and we talked for a little bit and then when I turned around I just lost it when I got ready to walk out so the Lord held me together pretty good through the hard part right there.
0: So let's stop and unpack that a little bit. You guys are young. I mean, uh, you know, our listeners, uh, many of our listeners, it will be before they were born. And some of them may have a little trouble understanding there were no cell phones, you know, per se, you know, a couple of people had them in a bag and they didn't work all that great. So when you're talking about, you're calling, you know, preacher Hannah, you're calling uh, brother Tim's parents and your own you had to get to a, a, a actual phone with a landline, mm-hmm. so yes. so we got that going on. Yeah. The other thing, I'm I'm hoping our listeners are noticing, you know that Allstate agent, they just took your baby and took care of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gully did a good job, so he mm-hmm. comes in and he's like, he knows you may not be able to think after this, so he wants to know where that baby's at, mm-hmm. uh, and he gets you to basically taken care of to get to the hospital. So all these people were the hands and feet, if you will, of the Lord, weren't they?
1: They were. They were. I remember um, Preacher Hannah and Miss Bernice, he called us one day. When we moved to Orangeburg, there wasn't a Free Will Baptist Church in Orangeburg. And we had visited with Gully and um, a couple of the other patrolmen. But when you're used to Free Will Baptist doctrine, some of the things just, didn't really line up the way we we thought they should so basically for a few months we got out of church every time he would get a long weekend and we'd come home you know we would go back to white savannah and be with our church family there but it was it was getting pretty serious as far as getting out of the the lord's will and uh on backsliding is what i would say it was happening um just losing that relationship, and then my mom, Preacher Hannah, had came to Orangeburg, to uh, White Savannah, there in Conway, and she said, "My daughter's in Orangeburg. Go find her." And he gave her our number, and so they came to the house, and we uh, we rededicated our life sitting at our kitchen table. So we had known them for maybe four or five months when this happened, and so to know that. God would send somebody like that to our lives and so we've never been a missionary per se but when they were doing the itinerary and stuff we went with them as much as we could and they loved on us like we were theirs and I cannot I cannot thank them enough for what they've done for us.
0: Wow so they were helpful to you this kind of pushed you guys, got you kind of back with the Lord, uh, really got you on track, didn't it?
1: Well, we had gotten back right with the Lord uh, prior to him getting shot. And um, he had been reading a book about this this patrolman that that had gotten shot and what he had experienced. And I told him, you know, I said, I know the Lord watched over you, but the knowledge that was in that book, it really was – it was so helpful, yeah, so helpful to to that night of what had happened. But when he got the chance to tell me what had happened, I can just you know, you close your eyes and you visualize being on the interstate that night. And I mean, he was 21, 22 years old. I was not even 20 yet. I was like too, too much shy of being 20 when this happened. And Heather was, um, uh, one week from being three months old. Wow. And so you were in a situation where all you can do is depend on the Lord. Cause your parents are so far away. Mm-hmm. And he told me that night, he said, "Joanne," he said, all I could do was when I got back to my car was kneeling that door jam and pray God, I don't want to die. I've mm-hmm. got a wife and a three month old little baby girl home. I want to see them again. And, um, for anybody that's out in the law enforcement, you you don't have to go through it alone. God can help you be be with you in those difficult times. And I just look back and, you know, Blake wouldn't be here yeah. if he would not seen fit to take him that night, but he had better plans and more for us to do.
0: That's good. And so, you know, there, many of our listeners are involved with law enforcement and uh, basically what i hear you saying to them especially like the, the spouse of someone or that's got a son or daughter you depend on the lord and and trust him and ha- that relationship needs to be what it should be
1: yes yes the night that um i think you stayed the first night kind of in a more high risk i don't think it was icu but it was like a an upgraded version and uh, they had put a a tube into his lung because one of the bullets had punctured his lung and it had collapsed. So they had, that's what he was in surgery for. And whenever um, I was, they let me spend the night there. And I asked him, I said, is there a verse you want me to read? And it said, you know, they intended evil against you. They imagined a mischievous device, which they were not able to perform. And, you know, for a young Christian, I got saved when I was 15 And then I got married time I turned 18 after I graduated high school and um, church, you know, was what we grew and my grandma took me to church. And so I knew the Lord, but I heard a preacher say one time, he said, I felt my God a little bit deeper when the bad things happen. Uh And when life happens, you just feel him a little bit deeper and you grow a little bit more closer to him when he's all you have to depend on.
0: And so you all were really learning about that. That the mm-hmm. book helped, and uh, the the verses, the scripture helped. And he didn't quit after he got shot. He did not say mm-hmm. enough of that. He kept going, didn't he?
1: He did. He stayed on probably another ten plus years until the Lord called him to preach. There's there's several times in his um his profession that. When Heather was little, I remember we had um, prayed and got in the bed and um, overwhelming feeling to just to pray again. And I said, Heather, we've got to get back out of the bed. Let's pray for daddy again. And she said, why, mommy, we just prayed. And I said, I don't know, but I just 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 let's pray. And we got on our knees and I said, Lord, will you please don't send an angel? I said, but we just ride in the car with him tonight while he's out on the road. And he said it was about that time that a drunk driver pulled out in front of him and um, just situations after situations that the biggest, at that time it was the biggest shootout in Orangeburg happened. And he was involved in that and the Lord watched out for him and watched over him. And people used to say, one, I bet you're just scared to death that your husband's a state trooper. And I said, I'm really not. I said, Either God's big enough or he's not. Mm. I said, all the worrying that I can do. I said, I've learned to pray when God tells me to pray. But um, one of the verses that I learned early on is God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And to know that no matter what I face in life, if a fear comes over me, that's not of God. And I can trust him. I can trust him with the good and I can trust him when I'm scared. And when I don't understand what's happening, I can still trust him and he's proven to be faithful.
0: And so that word you just gave us there is good for anyone, anyone mm-hmm. that's struggling with fear at mm-hmm. any particular point. You did make it clear. And I think you and you're alluding to that you and Pastor Tim can go through your lives and think about events where I feel like I need to pray and mm-hmm. something was happening and and you did that. And so I think what I hear you saying is anytime you feel like you need to pray for your spouse or your children or your parents or anyone else, stop and pray right then and yes. know uh, they could be in some danger.
1: You know, as a young Christian, um, after the f- almost four years, the Lord let us go back to Horry County, which was adjacent to Marion County. They wouldn't let him go back to his home county But when we got to go back, you know, we went back to White Savannah, and he served on the deacon board, and uh, I was Sunday school teacher. He was the adult teacher, and we sang in the choir, and just different things, how the Lord let us get back involved in our church. And I remember, it wasn't many Sundays after we had went back, Preacher Buddy C was preaching on intercessory prayer. Mm. And that was a word, you know, you kind of hear it, but at that time, you didn't really know exactly the depth of what that all entailed and uh, I remember going out the door and hugging his neck and tears just coming down my face and I said preacher buddy that's what happened that night whenever Heather and I got back out of the bed to pray and uh, I said I won't never forget that yeah and the importance when that feeling hits you don't don't put it off don't delay act on it right then because somebody's life could be in the balance
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and so you all continued in law enforcement for some years but Mm -hmm. wow it seems like a long time you've been at liberty and you've been he's been pastoring you've been ministering Mm -hmm. Uh, what a different life or is it
1: (laughs) well it's a it's a lot different um We've been, if the Lord allows, um, Labor Day weekend, we'll start our twenty-fourth year. So we came um that in like ninety-nine right there, around two thousand. So we um we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of God's goodness and uh his love displayed. It's had its ups and downs. You know how that is with the church family. You get attached to people and the Lord calls them home or they move on to another town and the Lord uses them somewhere else. It's been, it's been good.
0: It's been good. And, and similar, uh, there are stresses as part mm-hmm. of being a pastor's wife. There's a stress that brother Tim has dealt with. That's not, mm-hmm. not like uh, being on the side of interstate. But, um, as you think about that, what are some things that, um, that, folks can do to better support their, the wife of their pastor and their pastor?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, just, just treat them like regular and involve them. Um, I remember a few years ago, the movie, um, came out and it was about a preacher's wife and they were having a Bible study book and they get, they invited her to go out for a girl's night. And um, shortly after that, my daughter, she's Heather, the little girl that was in the beginning. She, um, She's 36 now. And so she has a huge group of girls her age. And they, if they ever do anything, you know, they'll always call and say, Mama, you want to go? Or Miss Juwan, you want to go? And um, there was another group of ladies in our church. They they asked me last um back to go see a comedian christian comedian lady and just made me feel apart because sometimes it's they think well you're just too busy or i don't want to bother you but sometimes it gets lonely when they don't do that you know so the little acts of kindness mean a lot
0: they make a big difference don't they and so remembering it can be lonely it, it can be difficult especially after somebody you You care about has passed away and you've been in the throes of ministry to them and so don't don't forget your pastor's wife don't forget your pastor yes and i think we've already picked up but just to kind of reiterate it to support that law enforcement family pray 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 um and and maybe even think about the relationship making sure you've got a relationship with them and you're willing to help just like those folks are willing to help you that night. They're willing to help at The, the drop of a hat really.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was there anything else we need to add? You know, Pastor Tim's was a little bit longer. I don't know (laughs) what to make of that, but uh, that, that I think you've got a, it's pretty cool to see it from your, Side of the it, I think you had the more difficult time, Miss joan, really, uh, not knowing what was up, and that's what you were saying that night. You did talk to him. You're telling me the yes. truth, right? Yes, so um, anything else you want to add before we sign off today?
1: Well, I just want to thank you for having me. and um for all those that are in law enforcement or you're a pastor's wife, um, my little saying is, keep on keeping on. If you ever get an email or a text from me, I try to always tag, keep on keeping on because people are watching you and um, let your light shine. Try to be, try to be sweet with your words and with your actions. And um,
0: even when it can be hard hard to do.
1: Yes, it is. It's hard because I remember when you said that about, you know, when you have a death. I remember about six, seven months ago, there were six deaths within just a few weeks time, whether they were our church or our personal family. And it was really, really hard to see Tim go through that because not only was he preparing sermons, but he was just stretched so thin and just the loss that he felt. And I felt it's like we had never been at that, you know, that hard of a time yeah because it was like everybody around you was just hurting yes um so i'm thankful that god has like a refueling station (laughs) and he he can he can fill you again with that joy and that peace and that just want to keep on keeping on because we're definitely living in a day and a time that we don't want to quit on him and you see a lot of people being there i mean we just heard last week of uh A pastor saying, you know, that he was done, and I'm just like, you know, don't let it ever get that bad. That that's something that would come out of your mouth. Yeah. Ask for help. You know, there's 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 lifelines out there, and I appreciate that series of books that you do on the hurting. And there's help out there.
0: Yeah. Well, thank thank you for that, Miss Joanne. And I actually think this podcast will be helpful. I think it helps us to think a bit more about law enforcement, what they go through, and like you've talked about toward the end here, the pastor and his wife, and so I think you've done a lot, and I want to thank you for taking the time to share with us today.
1: Thank you, Dr. Moody.
0: And those of you who are listening, I want to thank you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today, and Maybe you're a pastor or a pastor's wife that's hurting. I want you to know we do have help available to you. You can email us at questions at nafwb.org and we can set you up where you can get counseling free of charge. So know that's something that we provide through the NAFWB and we'd be glad to do it for you. Encourage you that are listening, share this with someone you know, uh, maybe another law enforcement family, maybe others to think about Uh, supporting their pastor and his wife, because every little thing we do truly does matter. It truly does help. We truly are better when we work together. Thank you for joining us today.